Welcome to the Lucas Baseball Podcast brought to you by DrRoto.com. Typically, we record these shows on Saturdays. Today or this week, we're recording on a Friday. And on this show, we're going to go over our favorite waiver wire and fab editions for the week. Broken them into 12-team and 15-team league editions. We'll end our show with the Adam and Cutem segment. We also have two pitchers to discuss that you should look to stash. These available players based on our personal NFBC leagues. And of course, joined here as always by my co-host Lucas Beery. And Lucas, we have a pitcher with a good matchup, a leadoff bat, a player returning from the injured list, a top hitting prospect, some pitchers to stash, and much more with some players being called up earlier today. So lots to break down here, man. Absolutely. We are starting to get into the thick of things. I know last week in Fab, it was kind of, just plug a few holes. There was not a ton of excitement, but there are a few prospects that are coming up onto the scene that are going to potentially make a big impact or at least will require a big big bid to get them. So, yeah. Yeah, and we will get to those guys and we get to our Adam and Cutem segment. But let's start with the 12-team leagues. Tyler Anderson, starting pitch for the Dodgers. He's pitched well so far this season, and he gets a nice matchup versus the Pirates next week. Pirates, of course, one of the worst teams in baseball. So if you could pick up Anderson for the week as a streamer, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he's been able to have a really nice start uh, to his Dodgers career. I think that their coaching can't be underestimated, and he faces off against JT Brubaker. So if he can get five-plus innings, I think there's a good shot for a win. So that's kind of what we threw him on the list. Yeah, it works for me, man. Uh, interesting player you have here is Cesar Hernandez, second baseman for the Nationals. And I think it's kind of simple. Uh, he's not a game changer by any means, but because of the prime lineup spot, he's getting a lot of at-bats. He's helping your average a bit, and he does have more run-scoring opportunities because of the lineup spot he is in and who hits behind him. We're recording right now. He has 16 runs on the season, 200, uh, 278 batting average. Uh, that line can help many owners. I mean, by the time people listen maybe he'll have more runs maybe the average will have dipped a little but overall in a good lineup spot and you can do a lot worse yes like you said pretty simple with this one just kind of everyday at bats at the top of a lineup not a good lineup but it is everyday at bats as a leadoff hitter and solid average stealing a few bases so Luke Voigt, first baseman for the Padres. This is, of course, more so for those NFBC leagues or leagues with no IL spots. Most leagues, I would think, would have Voigt on the IL, so he's not out there on the wire. But if he's on the wire in your league for whatever reason, this is definitely the time to grab him. Big power bat, hits in the middle of the Padres lineup. We'll see plenty of bats as a designated hitter. And although the batting average is not where you want it to be at this point, you can say that for a lot of hitters. The one thing I have noticed, the walk rate is way up this season from the past two years. And that's something that I definitely want to see from a slugger. Yeah, this is a player that I was surprised to see available and quite a few 12-team leagues. Um, it's funny that he's kind of coming back from an injury or an injury rehab stint because he always is hurt. But at the same time, if it's a fab pickup, it's not like your investment's huge. And I think he could provide some power in a fantasy baseball world where power is tough to find. Yeah, and I mean, this is a guy that certainly, when healthy, has shown to be very impactful at times. So yep. I think if he's sitting out there, and like you said, it's it's – it's just some fab. It's not someone that you drafted and have been holding on to um, or you activating from the injured list. It's someone you'd be picking up, and he's, there's a good chance 
that unless you're just loaded at first or a corner infield spots in your leagues, that he's better than the other options you have. They're going to want to bring him back soon. I see he's on a AAA rehab assignment, and he's going to take about a week there. And once he's ready to go, they are going to plug him into the lineup. So I like it. Yeah, and if you get him this weekend, you're getting him before he's recalled, and uh, you're going to get him at a lower price. If you don't do it this weekend and he slips through, uh, when he gets recalled, it's going to raise that fab bids a ton. So this is definitely the time to do it. It's like a, uh, it's almost like a preemptive addition. Absolutely. Jose Miranda, third baseman, gaining first base eligibility as well now with the Minnesota Twins. He batted 344 last season, Lucas. 62 extra base hits in the minors. Certainly no slouch at the dish. He's seeing regular at-bats right now because Miguel Sano is on the IL. He's been hitting in the middle of the order, which should continue until the return of Sano, which could be another six-plus weeks. In fact, it could continue even after Sano comes back if Correa is hurt still because Correa is now injured. There is a possibility Polanco could move to shortstop. Miranda could get some second base time and maybe even get eligibility there, which would be a big boost for him. Worth noting, and we'll talk about him in a little bit, Royce Lewis did get call up, called up. That could affect this, of course. We don't know how Lewis is going to perform in the big leagues, though. Perhaps he doesn't perform, gets sent down, and then again, there's an opportunity for Miranda to move around the infield more. But either way, even if he only has third base or first base eligibility, this is a guy you want to add to your lineups. Yeah, yeah, I think that he is going to be a hot add this weekend for quite a handful of dollars, but I love the plate discipline profile in the minors. Doesn't strike out a whole lot. Contact-oriented hitter that's able to get to some good power. There's a ample opportunity on this team, just like you said, with the injuries that they've suffered. And I think he's uh, well worthy of, of a significant $50 to $80 bid, if not much more. Would you go as high as 100 I wouldn't because I think there's risk, given the fact that he is not uh, proven. But I, I think 50 to 75 is kind of my personal range. But if there's somebody that's going to blow by it, which there could be, that's kind of like my thinking. Yeah, I've seen a lot higher bids than I've been expecting. I mean, I've had competitive bids in on players from you know fifty-five to about eighty fab dollars, and they all seem to be going for like ninety-five to one hundred and ten. And it might help me down the line because those teams in my yes. league are going to not have the fab to spend later on. Later on, but if they're getting a player that hits, I mean, uh, you know. I'm missing out on these guys because I'm not bidding enough right now. So um, all those things certainly to consider. But if you are a believer in Miranda, um, I think 80-plus is not of the question. I tend to agree there 100%. All right, over to some 15-team ads. Taylor Walls, infielder for the Rays. Not a big fan of the bat, but many teams are hurting for stolen bases right now in fantasy. And if you're looking for someone who's getting regular playing time, can swipe you some bags when he's playing... This could be a nice short-term addition for you. He struggled to hit for average in the big leagues so far, so you'll certainly want to keep an eye on that if you're using him and you're playing in Roto Leagues. Yeah, he's a great defensive player that the Rays covet using, kind of like Kevin Kiermeyer, and he draws a walk, so his on-base percentage is going to be pretty good. Um, he's been playing all over the infield outside of first base, so he's going to have triple eligibility. And like you said, he has those four steals so far this year. Uh, so I like him quite a bit as a steals add. 
prefer him more as kind of a bench reserve guy, so I don't have to use him full-time since his lack of power will hurt you. But if you're needing some steals, I think he's a must-add in 15-teamers since the playing time is there. Yes, and there is another player who I personally like more for stolen bases who we'll get to yeah. soon, but he does not have the positional eligibility advantage that Walsh does, so that's something to keep in mind. We'll get to that shortly. Another 15-team league ad, though. Chad Pinder, infielder and outfielder for the Oakland A's, and listen, I don't want A's bats, really, and Pinder is totally just a jag to me. Jag, for those who don't know, is just a guy, but he has a nine-game week for the A's. Now, he might not play in every single one of them, but there's something to be said about using him for those counting stats, having all those at-bats in all those games. Yes, there's a good lineup spot for Pender. There's enough power to feel okay to start him. And like you said, most importantly, it's a nine-game week. So keep an eye on all the Oakland A's out there if they're reasonably okay. Obviously, there's very few of those. But like a Sheldon Noisy or even a Seth Brown, if you're looking to just attack the games played, I... I like some of those bats just to maximize RBIs and runs. Yeah, I mean, those are things you have to consider, especially earlier on in the in the uh, season. Um, those counting stats do add up, so uh, it's definitely not a bad thing. And uh, I believe they get the Tigers and the Angels next week. Uh, neither team really scares me in terms of their pitching staff either, so it's not like they're going up against... Uh, these teams that are necessarily going to just shut them down either. So that's something to consider as well. It's not just a nine-game week, but it's also um, an, a good matchup week. It's not against you know high-powering pitchers or teams with lethal bullpens, anything like that. Absolutely. Christian Walker, first baseman, Arizona Diamondbacks. Better hitter than the numbers would indicate so far this season. D-backs lineup, it's not good. But Walker does hit in the middle of it, and he can provide you with some power at the corner infield spot. What do you have on Christian Walker? Because I'm not against it, but I was a little surprised when I saw you adding him to the list. Yeah, uh, sometimes just everyday at-bats are important for leagues. Um, I know he's pretty much fully scooped up in the main event just because, like I said, he is going to be uh, in a really good lineup spot playing every day for the Diamondbacks. He actually has power, which not that many players have displayed that so far this year with uh, the decrease in offense. So I don't think he's going to really be a huge needle mover. But if you need every day at bats, I do like Walker. Yeah, right now I actually like this next guy more at the same position in Dan Vogelbach. First baseman for the Pirates. He's having a very productive season. Really no more for his power. But this season batting 292, 11 runs, 11 RBIs, 4 homers. If he can continue to hit for average, which I'm not holding my breath on, he is worthy of a corner infield spot on your roster. Like Walker, he's not on a good team, but he hits in a good lineup spot, and that provides him with good run-producing opportunities. Yeah, similar situation here. Um, I don't think either of these guys are obviously really great. Otherwise, they wouldn't be on the waivers. But uh, yeah, good lineup spot again for Vogelbach. He's playing a little bit against lefties, which is very promising, and yeah, could have some staying power. Yeah, we do know he can hammer the baseball. He can hit it a long way. Absolutely. Big uh, big boy in the leadoff spot, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so two stash pitchers. The first is Wasker Inoa, starting pitcher for the Braves. Got off to a terrible start to the season, was actually demoted to the minors, but he was good last season, and he has really good strikeout stuff. If you have a roster spot because someone is hitting the injured list, Picking him up and stashing him could pay off. And we're recording this on Friday, as I mentioned 
earlier this week, and usually we do record on Saturdays. And right now it's possible Enoa's making a start tonight against the Brewers. He's listed as a starter in a number of places. Other places have it as to be determined. So the overall numbers for Enoa could look worse after tonight or significantly better by the time people are listening. But he's definitely a pitcher with upside on a very good team in Atlanta and worth a stash. Yeah, he had some serious walk issues that pretty much ruined his start of the year in the big leagues and kind of plagued him as well in the minors. Uh, But his latest start, he was able to have good control and was able to get a a strikeout per inning. Granted, that was in AAA, so we can't go too crazy about that. But this was a player that a lot of people really liked uh, less than a month ago. And I'm willing to take a gamble on him as a free stash, potentially. Uh, just because he did have 10 strikeouts per nine last year with a round of four ERA. And that is uh, not something you can usually find on the waiver wire. Absolutely true. And considering the fact that if he's throwing strikes, we know he's good because the stuff will play. Um, So whether it's the big leagues or the minors, if he's not throwing the ball too much off the plate and if he's throwing strikes, he'll be okay. It's the walks and the lack of command that is scary with him. I feel like a mechanical adjustment potentially could have explained it. Now, obviously I have no idea. I just reading the tea leaves here, but a player that had good walk rates last year and then just has four starts of a bad walk rate. I think that that's something that they could fix if they were to identify an issue with him and get him back on the road because their rotation does need him. Bryce elder is not going to be good enough for them. So they're going to want, you know, what a, take a step forward like he did last year. Yeah, and I think he's better than Tukey Toussaint as well, who could be another True. option. Uh, James Caprillion of the A's. He was good last season, was injured to begin this year, and the one start he did have this season went very, very badly. But he's going to be a lot better than he was in that start. And going into draft season, Lucas, I really liked him as an SB5 or SB6 type in yeah. the deeper leagues. I drafted him in a couple places, unfortunately had to drop him. But if he's out there, uh, he's a guy that can help you, and he definitely benefits from pitching in Oakland. If you look at the home and road splits last season, uh, very, very good at home in Oakland. Absolutely. That is a huge selling point for Caprillion, being able to pitch at home in Oakland. Sure, it might be tough to get wins, but just kind of take the stats that he gives and worry about wins in the last two months if you uh, need to stream for those. Last year, he was over a full strikeout per inning with around uh, three walks per nine, which is a good mark. Around a four ERA pitcher with a decent whip. Um, yeah, I think he's nothing flashy, but you can kind of get him now because he hasn't performed yet. But I think he could, especially in that home Oakland ballpark. I certainly hope so. I'm a big fan of his dating back to when he was in the Yankees organization. Anything else on Enoa, Caprillion, or any other potential stashes? No, I think it's just one of those things where it's it can be challenging to find pitchers that you like in 15-team leagues on FAB. So getting a few players that I think have a bit more talent than your average waiver wire pitcher, that's why I thought it was important to put these guys on the list. All right, I'm with you, man. Let's move over to the Adam Cutham section. And this Adam section is probably the most exciting it's been all season for us. Uh, we'll start with Brendan Rodgers, infielder for the Rockies. He started the season cold, definitely. 
but he had a minor injury since returning. He's been a better hitter, though. He should be owned really in every 15-team format, so I would pick him up ASAP if he's sitting out there. And One thing I liked about Rodgers coming into the season, Lucas, and you know this, we talked about it on air, off air. I think it was written up in some articles as well. Rodgers was one of the few Rockies who actually hit well outside of Coors Field last year. And I believe he can do that again. And that really adds a ton of value to him because we know everyone's going to hit pretty well in Coors. It's how those hitters from the Rockies hit outside of Coors that makes a big difference. Absolutely. I mean, this is a player. I watched an interview with him last night because he hit a home run uh, yesterday for his first home run. And he was talking about the confidence that gave him. I mean, obviously, he was a, a top five overall draft pick and was an elite prospect, but if you don't have success in the big leagues, you're going to question yourself and you're going to wonder how to get things done. And he's still trying to establish himself and this could be that year. So the fact that he's seeing a little bit more success could lead to a hot streak at Coors Field. He's going to be must play in almost all leagues, except for maybe 10 teamers. So if I've seen him out there in some 12 team uh, waiver wires, and I think that's kind of a mistake. So I'm going to try to pick him up every possible place that I can to stream him at Coors Field. Definitely. Jaron Duran, outfielder, Boston Red Sox. This guy is elite when it comes to stolen bases. He's hitting the ball very well in the minors. Should be playing every day now. He was called up earlier in the day. And I would imagine he's going to take the role of Jackie Bradley Jr., in the Red Sox outfield. So to me, this is a must add because of the stolen bases. And he did flash power last year for the first time in his career. So if he brings that power and speed to the table, this could be a huge addition for teams looking for speed. Yeah, this is a, another player similar to Rogers, just showing how tough it is for a, a prospect to break out and get a role. So uh, this could be that year where Duran establishes himself as a everyday player and, He's been able to cut the strikeout rate down quite a bit this year in his uh, 63 plate appearances at AAA, so that's good. And he's walking more in the process, so it's not like he's just swinging earlier to avoid a strikeout. So those uh, those plate skills look a bit better, and that's good to see. Opportunities there, I think uh, we had talked before the show. I do think over $100 is within reason um, because there are such few stolen base guys that are everyday playing time. There's that. There's the fact that he's going to be hitting in a very good Red Sox lineup. And chances are, Red Sox being such a popular team, you have at least one Red Sox fan in your league. A lot of people, unless you're playing in a home league and you're not in in, uh, the Boston area. Uh, And if there's Red Sox fans out there, they'll bid even more. So what you might put in as an $85 or $90 bid, if there's a Red Sox fan in your league and you can identify that, you might want to go to 100 or 105 Absolutely. I uh, I personally wouldn't necessarily go 100 bucks, but I think that you might have to go there just for the stolen base potential. And like you said, place for the Red Sox, that's always going to draw attention. Certainly is. How about Royce Lewis? Shortstop for the Minnesota Twins, top prospect in their organization. We've already seen Miranda called up, and now we're seeing Lewis called up. He's going to get a chance to play regularly and has a chance to be an impact player right away. So this is a guy that if you're hurting in the middle infield or at shortstop, I was telling you, Lucas, there's a league I co-manage with my uh, co-host on Sports Byline, Ron McLeese, and Ron was insistent that we draft Mondesi this year for the steals, and I certainly was not interested because Mondesi gets hurt (laughs) all the time. Um, And 
lo and behold, Monesty got hurt, and we've been mixing and matching at shortstop ever since. Young Kim's been okay, but I grabbed Royce Lewis as soon as I possibly saw it. It's not a fab league either, so it's kind of like one of those first-come, first-serves, my only league like that. And I actually hate those types of leagues, but enough about right. my specific leagues because I think people are going to be like, no one cares, dude. Um, but, yeah, I grabbed, <laughs> I grabbed Royce Lewis because um, – I, I, there's there's too much upside not to take yes. a shot on him if I'm hurting at that position. So if you're also a Mondesi owner out there, people, or you just waited on shortstop and you're not getting the results you want, or you're looking for a middle infielder, Royce Lewis, take your take your shot. I love this call out, and I'm thankful to see that he's going to get his opportunity. I mean, he really missed about two years in the minor leagues with the COVID shutdown and with injuries last year. So the fact that he's come out this year and has shown better walk rates and better K rates than ever before while still maintaining power and stealing bases. I mean, that is extremely promising to see. Uh, now, is he going to have success in the majors? Your guess is as good as mine, but this is a shot that I'd be thrilled to take. And I like him quite a bit more than Duran. Yeah, he's my favorite on the yes. on the Adam list, actually, even more than Rogers, just because of the upside. I think Rogers is the safest mm. of the bunch, but that's not saying much. And of all the, um, really, of all the players outside of Miranda on this list, I think he's my favorite, and he might even be my favorite on top of that. Miranda, just a little more experienced so far. Not much more experienced, though, in the big leagues. Anything else on Lewis, Duran, or Rogers, or any other call-ups in the last 20, 25 minutes since we started? No, I'm I'm excited to see what Lewis does. I've heard a lot of really good things about his uh, makeup, being a great teammate, great worker, and happy to see him uh, get fully healthy for the most part and get an opportunity at the majors. So hope to see him do well. We'll see. Yeah, and I think Lu- Luis Arias going on the COVID list also really helped this uh, call-up happen, opening up that spot. Um but of course, with Correa too. I mean, the Twins. The Twins have now lost a couple of their pretty important players. Uh, so Lewis Miranda both going to get some pretty long looks, I think. I think so, especially with Correa having a broken finger bone. That's not going to just heal within a few weeks. I think it could take a little bit longer. So definitely has uh, some opportunity here. Definitely. Let's move over to the Cut'em. And we got Joe Adele and Matt Brash on here. I'm going to keep it simple and then turn it over to you. Both guys had a lot of helium coming into the end of spring training. Both guys now in the minor leagues. Don't hold them. You got to cut them, especially in those small bench leagues where you want to have active players. I completely agree. I think that a lot of people are were already going to cut them, but I I just wanted to throw them on the list just to show our stamp of approval to cut these guys. I like both their futures, but right now they're just not contributing to the majors, and they're not going to help your fantasy team out either. Adele looks very lost at the plate, and I think he just needs to see a, a sustained run of success in AAA to get his confidence back. Maybe somewhat similar to, to uh, Jared Kelnick, but, uh, you know. And uh, one other thing that I wanted to throw in here, the guy that I would keep who got demoted this week is Josh Lowe. I think that he's a bit more ready than both of these players, and I think that obviously he has the stolen base upside. So in, in, in the league that I have Josh Lowe, which is NFBC, I'm not going to let him go uh, for the next few weeks. I want to continue to monitor that. If Kevin Kiermeyer gets hurt or 
if he starts doing better, maybe they do give him another opportunity. Yeah, that's a good call uh, to, to keep him around. And yeah, it might seem obvious to cut Adele or to cut Brash, but some people, you know, are still stuck on what they might have seen earlier. In, yes. you know in spring maybe to begin the season and they might feel like if they cut him they may never get them back and it's possible you may never get them back but you can't afford to clog up roster space for guys that are not in the league and when they were in the league were actually hurting you more than they were helping you absolutely these guys have some things they need to work on and they're not providing any stats right now so they've kind of got to go for the next thing that you like Anything else on any of these players or any other players you want to throw out there, buddy? No, I think uh, I think it's interesting that these two prospects kind of just popped up on our radar this morning when we were recording a little bit early. I'm excited to see how they do this weekend. I think that their performance, for right or wrong, is going to indicate how much of a fab bid they get. But I definitely like Lewis quite a bit. The plate discipline he showed is a huge step forward. Uh, Duran, if you're needing steals, I get it. I don't think he's necessarily a great hitter, but if he cements a role and does steal bases, he could be quite a helpful player. Man, if Duran hits like a homer and steals three bases over the next three days, he's going to go for like 300 bucks. You already know it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm not coming close to paying that. He could steal eight pit bases this weekend and I'm not paying 300, but someone would, you know, they would. That's true. I mean, I I couldn't believe that we saw Josh Lowe reach $500 in the bidding. I didn't think that that was – I thought that was a football running back thing, not a not a prospect call-up in, in fantasy baseball. That was wild. In April, too. I mean, it's I one know, thing. Right? If you have 500 to spend in August, go for it. But to spend that in April, you're really hurting yourself down the line unless Josh Lowe turned into Cedric Mullins or something. And I do think that, that – huge expenditure is a reason why he won't be cut and i don't think that that's wrong even though some would say it's a sunk cost you believed in him enough to spend almost half your budget so if you're willing to see that you might as well write it out for a few more weeks unless you need to make that cut which if you can still fill a, a fully healthy lineup with a few bench bats to shuffle in and out I, I think you can hang on to low just because like i said all it takes is one injury to kiermeyer or even a margot or something like that and he could be right back up since he is next up on the depth chart Certainly so. Good stuff there, man. Folks, this has been the Lucas Baseball Podcast brought to you by DrRoto.com. Thanks for tuning in to Lucas Baseball. I'm Lou Landers. That was Lucas Beery. We'll catch you next time.